Hello and welcome to Mirror Fighting One to Watch with me, Rich Jones. This is one of a number of new shows and podcasts we've launched here at Mirror Fighting and we'll be looking to bring you the inside track on some of the rising stars of the sport. Ultimately, we just want to tell their stories and get to know some of these fighters that hopefully we'll be hearing a lot, lot more from in years to come as they look to achieve big things. Today's guest is one of Eddie Hearn's top prospects and someone who is certainly tipped for the very top. After a glittering amateur career, Dalton Smith looking to become Sheffield's next big superstar and following some big footsteps. It's very much a family affair for the Smith family with Dad Grant throwing himself headlong into running the Steel City gym. But now it's Dalton that is making waves in the sport. So I caught up with him to find out about his inspirations growing up, his relationship with Dad and pretty much everything in between really. And this is someone that I think is going to go on to achieve really, really big things. So it's great to hear from him and great to get to know him at this early stage of his career. So let's get on to the interview and hear from Dalton now. Dalton, obviously in lockdown at the minute. Um, yeah, still training hard, I guess, and looking forward to your next fight. Yeah, still training hard. But um, like you said, the world's just the same as it is. It has been for the, most of the year. But, you know, I'm still in the gym and I'm just waiting on the next fight date. Yeah, and just want to go sort of back to the start, really, of your journey. So, um, yeah, growing up, um, I think you started boxing pretty young, didn't you? Just tell us a little bit about how, how you came to start boxing, ended up in the gym, and, and <coughs> the journey began, really. Yeah, it started, boxing for me started from a young age. You know, I first went into the gym when I was five years old. And, you know, that's where my, my dad took me into the gym. And, you know, it went from there, really. I was playing football at the same time and realised... You know, I much preferred preferred boxing, and you know, ever since that day, you know, it's been a big part of my life, and you know, I, I can I'm in a position now where I can you know make it my full time job. And what was it about boxing that you think you took to straight away? Obviously, like you say, you played football stuff like that, but obviously took to boxing. What was it that you think made you fall in love with the sport? I think one of the main things was you know the physical side of it. You know, you know, you're challenging yourself every single day. You know, and then when it comes to competing. You know, if you didn't put the work in the gym, you'd get found out. And I think it was always the side that, you know, I wanted to see how far I could go. I wanted to see how good I really was. And, you know, once I started competing and, and started winning national titles and stuff, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. And, you know, I'd, let's just see how far I can go. And, you know, I just think it's the, the challenging side of it and seeing how far you can push yourself. Yeah, and I gather it wasn't just you that sort of threw yourself headfirst into it. Obviously, your dad as well has been pretty involved. And just tell us a bit about how involved he's got in it and how, how he sort of came to... Did he sort of get into the coaching by you or...? Yeah, it was just basically the same as I got into boxing. You know, we, he first took me down to the boxing gym. You know, Steel City was run by a different guy at the time. And, you know, he, he was just like me. He didn't... He just... He come into boxing with a blind eye. You know, we didn't know what we was expecting. He's always been around boxing, never competed himself. But, you know, he just fell in love with the sport like I did. And, you know, he's he seen that he had a talent there with the coaching side. And, you know, once the years went by, you know, he, he just he just picked it up and learned. And now he's, he's a full-time coach as well. You know, at Steel City Boxing Gym, which he runs. And, you know, we just made it into a journey for both of us. Yeah, and how was that growing up? Because obviously in one hand, I imagine it was great to sort of have this experience that you were sharing with your dad. But on another hand, I imagine it was, it was pretty intense at times. Um, what, was it, what was it like, the relationship sort of growing up? And how's that relationship sort of evolved as you've got older and got wiser, I guess, and stuff like that? You know, I get, this, I get asked it all the time. You know, I'm, you know, my dad's my dad. But I think with the boxing side, you know, it's come to the stage now where, you know, most of my time with my dad 
he's, he's in the gym you know he's, he's like my boxing coach and you know obviously out of the gym he's my dad as well but you know it's come to the point where you know it's just full time boxing for me and my dad but I wouldn't change it any other way because I'm in a position what I've always wanted to be in and I can't thank him enough for that and I guess did it make it sort of extra special the fact that you're sort of sharing that journey together like the whole thing from the start yeah because you know obviously we're in the gym every day and you know we're wanting to see how far we can go and, and achieve things and you know I've, I've met like in the amateurs I've won a lot of national titles now and you know it's nice for us both to be on the journey together and you know we've put a lot of hard work had to sacrifice a lot of things and you know we're in it together and you know touch wood we're, we're, there, we're there till the end yeah and I was when I was doing a bit of research I read about he had a, a pretty bad tram accident didn't he when you were younger as well I mean you've been through your fair share of challenges I imagine just tell us a little bit about that that must have been a tough time for everyone yeah very tough time I think it was 2007 you know we, we was at the boxing gym and sometimes my dad would go out for a run before before he'd come back and train himself and you know he was out running you know had his head up his earphones in and got hit head on with a super tram and you know the doctor said he wouldn't survive and you know he, he um Sorry, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Um, so yeah, the doctor said he wouldn't make it, and then he pulled through. And um, you know, I believe it wasn't his time to go in his ear for a purpose. And I believe boxing's why, why, why he's why he's still here, and you know, changing lives for young fighters. Yeah, and you said when you started boxing, you're obviously you like the competitive side of it. Do you think that sort of competitive edge does that come from him? Is he is that part of passed down from him? Do you think that he got that same sort of competitive edge of everything he does yeah 100% you know my dad always says pain doesn't last forever and you know he's always light at the end of the tunnel you know obviously he raised me and my two sisters as a single parent and you know I can look back through what my dad's been through and you know we've got it easier um, obviously sometimes I wake up I think it's hard but you know my dad's been through a lot um, you know raising raising the family and obviously keeping the roof over our heads and stuff so you know he's, he's a very big influence in my life your two sisters into the boxing as well or have they had enough of it growing well, up yeah they both got um, national finals in the amateurs but you know they're on doing their own things now and you know I'm glad I used to get more nervous for them when they was fighting <laughs> yeah I guess um, shame they couldn't be at your, your last fight when it was uh, at fight camp I imagine it'd be a bit different having not having them ringside I guess yeah that's it you know but obviously certain circumstances you you know, obviously everything's behind closed doors and now, but they watched it on TV, so they still got to see it. Yeah, and um, in terms of, obviously you mentioned Steel City Boxing Gym that your dad runs now, and obviously Sheffield's got such a great sort of history of fighters, you know, obviously everyone talks about Prince Nassim, Mohammed, you know, the Ingle Gym and just the city as a whole. I mean, what are your earliest, I guess, growing up as a boxing fan in Sheffield, what are your sort of earliest memories of the sport in, in the area, I guess, you know, got good memories? Yeah, very good memories, you know, the Ingle Gym, you know, that, there, the there was the name of boxing, you know. I don't think just in Sheffield, but in in the UK as well. Obviously, the champions they brought through, you know, some some of the best around the world. So there were the memories for me when I was younger, you know, watching the likes of obviously Prince Nazim, Ryan Rose, Johnny Nelson, and like the new generation with Kel Brook. So you know, Sheffield's always been a big boxing city. So for me, I want to stand my name down for for one of those big names, and you know, I believe I'll do that. Yeah, I guess that is that the dream. Just you know, obviously you see like Ricky Hatton in Manchester, sort of Josh Warrington at the minute in Leeds. Is that something that you'd love to do when the fans get back, sort of build that profile in Sheffield and really sort of you know galvanise that that great history that Sheffield's got as as a boxing city? Yeah, that's it. You know, from from me being a young boy, sat up watching Ricky Hatton out in Vegas and seeing you know the fan base he had. 
that's what makes us and inspires us as, as young athletes and young fighters. You know, I want to be there one day. So, you know, obviously stay grounded, keep a good uh, team around you. You know, I believe I'm good enough to achieve those highs and, you know, it's a long journey, but I believe I'll get there. Yeah, and obviously you had that great amateur career and then opted to sort of turn professional. I mean, just tell us a little bit about that. There was sort of a few rule changes, things like that, that, that contributed to that. And I guess with the way it's all gone with the Olympics being postponed, it, it worked out quite well in hindsight. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about why why you turned over it and opted to go professional when you did. Yeah, at the time, you know, I had um, a very good amateur career on the Great Britain team, you know, travelled the world, you know, won numerous titles for, for Great Britain. Um Obviously, at the time, all the rules changing with the weights. Um, I had a lot of hand injuries with the protection. You know, it wasn't the best. And you know, when I look back now, it was a perfect time to turn over with all the, you know, the the COVID nineteen and the Olympics getting put back a year. It, it was uh, everything's worked out perfect for me. Yeah, and you mentioned the hand injuries. Um, yeah, I guess that's all under control now. But what must have been tough? You obviously had some tough times with the injuries when you were a bit younger. Yeah, I think in the amateurs, I had three operations in the space of like three years on my hands. But it just wasn't the gloves and the you only get like a single wrap for your hands. Yeah, and obviously when you're fighting five times in a week, it's it's a lot of trauma and a lot of hammer on your hands. So you know, it just took its toll on my hands towards the end. And we just thought once I turn over, I get the you know, the, the the better gloves, the better protection with the hand wraps and, you know, it's been fine. I haven't, I haven't had no hand injuries whatsoever since I've turned over now. So that's a bonus. And obviously your dad trains sort of Charlie Edwards and you've been around him, I guess, in the gym growing up. I mean, what's the relationship like with Charlie? You learned a lot from him going up and, and training with him in the last few years? Yeah, very close with Charlie. Obviously Sonny was there before Charlie, so... Yeah. Obviously, I, I've known I've known Charlie for, for for many years, especially when he was on the Great Britain team. And you know, Charlie's the perfect guy to have in the in the gym for us to learn off. He inspires everyone. He's he's one of the hardest workers I've ever been trained a lot alongside. And you know, the proofs in the pudding. He's been a world champion, and I still think he's got more titles in him, especially at world level. So for me to to be around that and in the gym, you know, that's only going to put me in good stead for when for when my time comes. Yeah, and obviously, you know, boxers, it all comes down to the day of a fight. You spend months preparing for it and, you know, everyone's different on fight day. I mean, for you, what are you what are you like on the day of a fight? Are you sort of, people change a lot, don't they, in the build-up to a fight? What's it like for you and your dad and everyone around fight day? Are you sort of quite reserved, relaxed, nervous? You know, what's the what's day, fight day usually like for, for Dalton Smith? Um, for me, you know, I try to stay as calm as I can, not not think about the fight, you know, just, just let, let it go with the flow. And, you know, I think a lot of fighters deal with it in different ways you know I tend to just sit back and you know what will be will be I put the hard work in and I believe in myself but you know I think over the years you learn what works for you and what doesn't but you know it's um, it's worked up to now you know I'm a believer in don't fix something what's not broken but yeah I try to stay pretty try to stay as relaxed as I can and in terms of just looking back at the last fight, I mean, did it feel like the knockout of fight camp was a bit of your sort of coming out party almost? Obviously, had a few tune-up fights, you know, looked quite good, but it was a sort of decent opponent and obviously a massive, massive stoppage, good performance. Was Did you feel like that was sort of the, the next step for you, the sort of coming out party that everyone sort of set you up and take notice a little bit? Yeah, that was one of the fights where, you know, I think, I think with all the COVID-19 and stuff, it's been good for British boxing because it's brought you know, the young prospects together who wouldn't have fought each other at that part of the career. And, you know, there was a lot of pressure on me for that fight because Nathan Bennett was a good fighter. You know, he was, um, I think, 
nine and one at the time. So for me, I had only had five fights, and you know, to fight someone with a record like that, I'd have probably wanted that after a few more fights. But you know, I believe I believed in myself, and you know, I said I want that fight. I I want to prove to him, you know, what, what level I'm at. But obviously, that I got the stoppage. It was a great knockout, and you know, it was a perfect way to you know show myself in fight camp. And there are sort of quite big expectations now early on, a lot of people sort of tipping you for the top. I mean, do you feel that pressure at all from the outside sort of noise and, and the people tipping you for big things or do you kind of try and send that out and, and stay grounded? What sort of, sort of, how does it affect you? What do you sort of think of it? Yeah, obviously most of it is hype and, you know, you, you can't believe all the hype and, you know, I've got a lot to prove. You know, I'm early on in my career, but, you know, I, I believe... I've got a good team around me and, you know, I've got a long way to go to, to go and there's gonna there's a lot there's much harder fights out there for me, but you know, I believe in myself, you know, I always do. And you know, I just take every every fight at a time. Yeah, and just a few sort of quick fireish questions at the end just to get a bit more of an idea of sort of your sort of background, what you thought so of, you know, fighting. Um just start off with sort of favourite fighter growing up, who was uh, the one that you loved to watch, who was a uh, the one that stood out? Um, when I was younger, I used to like Joe Calzaghe at the time. Yeah, good choice. I like Yeah, Joe yeah, Calzaghe. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of the best British fighters we've had. And for other, other people's fights, favourite fight that you remember growing up, the one that sort of caught your attention? I think it's got a lot of people's favourites, um, the Gatty and Ward fights. You know, the trilogy is what they had. Every single fight was amazing. And what do you what do you sort of learn from Calzaghe and also you know fights like that when you're watching old fights? Do you ever sort of watch them back now? Now you're sort of in a different position to when you were a kid. Do you watch watch old footage a lot or? Yeah, so I watch quite a lot of old fighters. You know, because they was the best at the time for a reason, and you know I still watch those fights, and it brings back memories for me when I was younger. Um, but I think like the Gatti and Ward fights, they'll they'll stick around for for you know most of our lifetime now. Yeah, definitely. And uh, favourite shot from your repertoire? What's the, the one that you like throwing the most? Favourite shot? Um, I'd probably say a left hook. I like to throw my left hook a lot. And um, best moment of your career so far? I'd probably say the last fight at fight camp, you know, with, with a lot of pressure being put on my shoulders and, you know, at fight camp, it was the first boxing show bike. The, the viewing numbers were massive. So I, I had to perform that night and, and I did. So that's probably one of that's a one of the best highlights of my career. And how was that? Because I went a couple of weeks later. I was lucky enough to go to to the I think it was the third card, the one that was Felix Cash headlined, and um, yeah. I couldn't believe how quiet it was ringside. Like it was so eerily quiet when the fights were going on. I mean, what was it like for you when you sort of did the ring walk down the steps and then got in the ring? Was it sort of business as usual, or was it was it quite different? How did you find it? Yeah, obviously business as always. But you know, I come out, did my ring walk, and obviously as you come out, you think you're used to seeing like. You know, for me at the minute, it was like the empty seats, what I'm used to seeing, and you know, the odd few, the, the small crowd in there. But I come out and it was just like, it's just a match room staff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I walked down, but once I got into the ring, you switch off from all that, and it's just just business. It's the same in there. Yeah, and obviously, sort of the back garden at match room is one thing, but what's the sort of dream venue if you could fight anywhere in the world one day? Where would you? Where would be on the bucket list? The bucket list will be at um, Leppings Lane at Ullsborough, the Sheffield Wednesday ground. Are you a big, I'd like big Sheffield to, Wednesday I'd, fan? Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to fill that out, you know, fight for a world title there, if not defend, but but I think the ultimate goal as well is to fight out in Vegas. Yeah, I think everyone say the same. And um, yeah, final one, doesn't have to be entirely boxing related, but if you sort of 
this very standard question, but dream dinner party, sort of anyone you can invite, dead or alive, three people, can be boxing, can be anything else who spring to mind. Ooh. Put you on the spot a bit, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I go for Muhammad Ali. You know, legend in boxing and out of boxing. Um, trying to think. I'd say Eminem. I used to love Eminem when I was growing up. Um, one more. Who could we pick? I'd say Mike Tyson. You know, I have two boxing legends there. Yeah, sure. You could pick their brains and get a, a fair bit out of those yeah, two. And um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, like I say, you've had that that last fight in uh, fight camp. Um, just last question. Moving forward, what's the sort of short term plans now? What's the what's the plan? Getting out before the end of the year, hopefully, or what what's going on now for you? Yeah, I'd like to get out once more before the end of the year. But you know, obviously, everyone knows everything's slow at the minute, so we just have to take every week as it comes. But you know, I'd like to get one more fight before the end of the year. You know, get try and get some sort. of a title and then push on for a big 2021 nice one cheers Jordan appreciate your time and all the best for the for the future and thanks very much thank you appreciate that take care mate